So hello everyone. Uh, lovely to see you and I'm just going to check that the sound is is good enough. Yes, great. So um, as always, I, I, I need your help to make sure that it stays that way uh, if at any point um, it's, it's not of a quality that uh, allows you to, to stay with us, then please um, let me know, put a, put a message in the chat and I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye on the chat even during the meditation. Yeah. So yeah, very, um, very happy to be here again. Seem to have uh, lost sense of time recently. It's uh, doing all kinds of funny things. So I feel like I haven't seen you for a long time, but I have no idea if that's if that's the case or not. Um, but yeah, wonderful to be here and to to see so many um, familiar faces. And and equally, if this is your first time uh, here, or you know, you're not a a regular visitor to the Dharma Hall, you're, you're so deeply welcome to this space. Yeah. And so yeah, we can take a, a few moments now at the beginning just to, uh, just to appreciate being here, to appreciate each other. Appreciate ourselves even if that's possible. At least have an intention to do that. For being here, for choosing to to come together in this way, to give time to, to this in our lives, and to welcome, you know, welcome ourselves, welcome each other, however, however we find ourselves. So yeah, I'd like to, to invite us to do this, to arrive, to welcome ourselves, to welcome each other. And as we do that, we also feel, um, feel into our intention for this period of practice and of reflection together. It's open to kind of dropping in the question into our heart-mind, like dropping a pebble into a a deep source of water. Just dropping in the question, seeing what comes back. What's my intention? What is it that I'd like to nourish, to cultivate, to connect with? An invitation is to, um, if, if that intention comes with words, sometimes there's just a feeling or an image, that's fine. But if there's, there's words that come with the intention, then the invitation is to, um, if you wish, to put them into the chat and to share them with, with everyone here so that we can get a sense of the variety, trust, yeah variety of intentions that are here. Connection to depth, to ground myself. Mm. Delight. Mm. Yeah, so we can see the, already get a sense of the, the, the wide and rich and deep realm of intentions, being open to the wonder. Mm. And we can feel what arises in us as we perhaps resonate with our own, own intention or we hear the intention of, of others, loving presence. Mm. To celebrate the spring equinox with others. Yes. <laughs> Connections with a new group. Mm. 
and with newly emerging parts of myself, yeah. Yeah, so beautiful. So we can feel these these intentions, the resonance, yeah, of our own intention, of the intentions of others. Um, connection and stillness, yeah. And let them uh, support us as we settle into the practice. So if you're not already in a in a posture that's supportive for meditation and please feel free to, to find it. We'll be practicing for about half an hour, so find a posture that will support you through that time. One of my teachers used to always advise us, you know, when we're looking for a posture, I find a posture that would allow me to stay relatively still yeah, for an extended period of time without getting too tense. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a good suggestion. So finding your posture and then taking some moments to settle into the posture, to make any adjustments that might be needed. So that the body is as stable and grounded and rooted as supported as possible. And we can explore that balance of uprightness and ease in the posture, particularly in the back and the upper body. Feeling the uprightness, lengthening of the body as if there's a gentle tug right up at the crown of our head, just gently inviting the body upwards. Same time feeling the body resting into the support of the seat and the ground, rooting into that support. And so there's the lengthening and the uprightness of the body. At the same time, we're inviting the body to loosen as much as possible, to open. To relax even. We can Invite the awareness into the sensations of contact of the body with the seat and the ground as a place to root the attention, to ground it. Same time, gently opening the awareness, spreading it. through the body. A sense of the whole body sitting here.
whole body sitting on that which supports it. The seed, the ground, the earth. Gently opening the awareness. Feeling the body sitting. And also opening to feel that which supports the body right now. the degree that feels useful to you right now. You might just be feeling the support of the seat. You might open wider and feel the support of the whole earth. As you sit here. seeing what's useful, what's appropriate for you right now. And opening to the support, to the degree of support that is accessible and useful. Take a few moments to feel the support for the body. If you wish, also opening to other supports that are here for us. What supports me to be here right now? What supports me to practice right now? It's opening to feel into that. Not looking hard, but just opening and seeing what comes. Maybe the support of others. Maybe allowing me to take this time be the support of the breath and the oxygen and the trees that are creating the oxygen. Might be the support of having the right conditions to practice enough food, enough health, enough privacy. Just opening to feel what supports us, what supports you to be here right now and opening to feel that support gratitude that comes with it. So many conditions making this possible right now, this moment, right now.
We'll just take a few moments now for each of us to practice with this in, in our own way. Open to support, to feel the support. To invite ourselves to rest and lean into that support. Whatever it is. And you can stay with this throughout the practice, come back, or just stay with this as the object, if you wish. Feeling what supports this moment of possibility, what supports me to be here, to practice and resting into that. can equally just let that recede into the background. Feel the body sitting here. Perhaps feel the flow of the breathing as it moves through the space of the body. kindness and interest. Choosing the object of the meditation, flow of the breathing or the stability and support of the body. Or if the body and breath are not accessible for you right now, it might be sound flowing through the space. Finding the object and having that clear intention to bring attention to the object, to the breath or the body or the sound. And to keep coming back with interest and kindness. Knowing the breath, knowing sound, knowing the body, whatever the object is. This is our home for this time. And we keep coming back.
right now in this moment is noticing what is unfolding. If the mind has moved away from the object of the practice, just acknowledging that. Seeing if we can bring a sense of appreciation to the fact that in this moment you're no longer distracted. Seeing if it's helpful to feel the support again, support for the body, support of the body. And then re-engaging with what I chose as the object of the practice. All with kindness and interest. Gently guiding awareness back to the breath or the body or sound, whatever I've chosen as the object of my practice. Resting into the support and into the capacity to bring awareness again and again, to bring it home. Just this breath, just this.
right now, this moment of presence, of kindness, of interest, feeling support, feeling supported as you practice remembering everything that's supporting you to be here. Bringing that to heart and mind. Everything that supports me to be here. The breath. The nourishment of food and water. Those that have cared for me through my life. Generations of practitioners meditating, exploring the teachings. network of support made up of those that we know and many that we don't know playing their part allowing us to be here the breath of the trees warmth of the sun, all those working right now so that we have what we need. Opening to feel that support flowing through this body, heart and mind. Seeing if I can feel that support flowing through me and including the ways that I support others. Right now, in this moment, supporting others through being here and practicing together. The out breath, a source of nourishment to plants. The way I listen. The way I practice. All part of this flow of support, this flow of life, passing through each of us in every moment.
and in a moment when the bell rings, not rushing. Staying steady and attentive. Giving ourselves time. Taking your time with the transition. No rush here either. Before I offer some Dharma reflections for today, just uh, some reflections about the practice of dana. It very much relates to the meditation that we just did, feeling the support that we receive and the support that we offer. It's a practice of acknowledging all of that. So we can feel how Gaia House is supporting us to be here. And we can feel how we're supporting Gaia House and each other through being here as part of the practice. We can feel how the teachings are supporting us. And so the practice of dana, very simply, is a practice of support. Yeah? Supporting ourselves, supporting others to be here through support to the teachings and for the teachings. And so there's the invitation to offer dana both to Gaia House for for all that it does to make it possible for these sessions to take place Um, and um, to the teachers, in this case to me, uh, for the time that, that we offer during these sessions. So I'm going to paste two links into the chat. The first is a link for the Guy House um, support, uh, offering dana to Guy House. And the second is a link to offer dana directly to me. Um, You can also offer dana to me through Guy House. um, And if you follow the link, it will tell you how to do that. Um, So yeah, I I kind of, I often feel that, you know, we can't emphasize enough what a beautiful and important practice this is. So please don't forget. You might decide not to do it, that's fine. But don't just forget. Stay conscious um, of the choices that you make around dana. There's no pressure to do anything except stay conscious and stay aware. So here are the links. And so I wanted to offer some Dharma reflections um, today, which uh, to some degree relate to the practice we did. It wasn't exactly the practice I had thought to do, but it just happened. Um, At the time, this felt like like what was going on. and so I want to I wanna begin with a quote from Joanna Macy. She's a wonderful teacher and activist. She's in her, must be in her late 80s by now. A huge inspiration. Um, and she, um, when she speaks about, you know, who she is, yeah, 
defining herself and you know it's a question that comes to us in our in our practice you know there's whole ways of practicing which are just asking the question who am i <laughs> so you know that question arises who am i and joanna macy's response to that question um, is she says i am a flow through yeah i am a flow through yeah i'm a flow through of food of oxygen of carbon dioxide of water yeah of you know the body creating itself and then um, and then disappearing you know with hair that falls out and cells that um, kind of fall off the skin etc so flow through of, of food of water of breath yeah of physicality and also flow through of mind and heart yeah emotions and thoughts yeah. conditioning that we receive from our society, yeah. from our families, yeah. through our personal history. Yeah. We can see it all as just coming together, conditions coming together, flowing through and moving on. Yeah. That's one way that she's suggesting, yeah, a way that works for her. Yeah countless conditions that just come together in a particular moment, in a particular formation. And you know, sometimes I play with this <laughs> practice and think of this, you know, this body, heart, mind, you know, just this uniqueness yeah, of all these conditions coming together yeah, to create this, yeah, this being in this moment, yeah, in this moment in time. And so what happens when we practice? Yeah, when we practice seeing in this way, yeah, kind of open up the vista, open up the space. Yeah, and say, ah, oh, you know, whatever is going on right now that feels so solid, that feels so real, yeah, that feels so permanent, what happens if I just kind of open out yeah, and take in this flow of conditions? I had a, a funny experience of this, a funny example um, last week when um, my mother's going to turn 80 on Friday actually and uh, for her birthday, uh, her first birthday celebration she wanted to spend time just with her, what she calls the originals, her four children <laughs> rather, you know, not, not with partners and grandchildren but just with the four of us. And, and we had a lovely evening together. And at some point, she pulled out just tons of photos. <laughs> um, and it was just photos that had fallen out of albums. <laughs> so she didn't open out the albums, just photos that had fallen out. And she had just collected them. And she said, just have a look and, you know, see if there's anything you want. And I was looking through these, you know, I was looking through the photos and my sisters and my brother were also we're having a great time. But I found all these photos of me um, in my teenage years in my early 20s and the really interesting thing is I have four nieces and I could see each of them <laughs> you know at a you know at a different time or a different angle yeah of a photo it was oh wow here's this one you know and here's this one and here's this one and if you had asked me before I would have said no you know this niece looks like me but that one doesn't <laughs> such a clear idea such a fixed idea and then looking at the photos and thinking oh no they're all there yeah they're all there so that sense of something fixed you know I'm a certain way and this person looks similar to me and that one doesn't and then looking through and seeing that flow yeah seeing that flow through different moments in time yeah when suddenly you know I could see each of them yeah, you could see each of them, um, you know, sometimes I had to, <laughs> it looked a lot more like them than like me. <laughs> the photos, you know, when I was 14 or 15 or 20. Anyway, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment, you know, of just that experience of, you know, what happens and then that possibility. Yeah, so sometimes life 
kind of brings it to us. But what happens when we intentionally practice this way? Yeah? Intentionally attuned to the sense that our conditions are coming together and they're creating something right now. Yeah? But that something is not fixed. Yeah? It keeps changing. Yeah? It's like all these things coming together and then changing again. Yeah? Changing again. Yeah, if you've ever, um, image of, if you've ever, um, you know, been been you know snorkeled in a coral reef, yeah, it's like that. You know, it's really psychedelic. <laughs> like, you know, the the corals move and change, and different fish flow through. Yeah, and it's like ah, the conditions coming together and changing. Yeah, they don't stay still. They don't stay fixed. They're constantly moving. Yeah, or the wind across a field of, of grain. <laughs> yeah, it's constantly moving, yeah, constantly moving. So the question for us is, what happens when we look that way, when we attune to that way of looking and relating? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I know I've said this sometimes, and, and one of the things that can happen is fear <laughs> can come up. You know, sometimes it feels like, whoa! Where's the solidity, you know? So just to say, you know, this isn't, you know, when Joanna Macy says this, I'm a flow-through, and when I'm telling you all these stories and using all these images, it's not about a truth, yeah? It's not about what's real or not real, yeah? It's about trying on this way of looking, this way of relating, and seeing for yourself what's the impact that it has. Where does it free? And what's the impact of the opposite? Of of seeing things as very fixed, as very rigid. So this can be, you know, we see this as a way of relating that we can bring in, and we can cultivate, because we're interested in insight. And we can see what impact it can have on us. Remembering we're choosing to look this way. Yeah, we're choosing to look this way. And often, um, so I said, you know, sometimes fear comes up. Um, but if we do this gently, yeah, or if you kind of just have an affinity, you get excited like me um, of, at looking this way. What we see that as we tune in to this moment to moment, yeah, the way that conditions come in and shape something, and then that thing also moves and changes. Um, as we tune into that, our perspective grows. Yeah? Our sense of perspective, how wide and deep yeah, the picture that we see. Yeah? It widens and it deepens. And as it widens, as our perspective widens and deepens, wisdom grows. And we take things less personally. Mm. more lightly. It's one of my favorite Dharma quotes, which I'm sure I've said in the Dharma Hall before, Um, is, you know, when someone asked Joseph Goldstein about the kind of most significant fruit of his practice. (laughs) And, you know, for those of you who don't know Joseph Goldstein, been practicing for decades, teaching for decades, you know, one of the senior, senior, senior teachers in our tradition, in the insight tradition. And so someone asked him, you know, what's, what's the fruit? What's the most significant fruit of your practice? And, you know, you'd think, oh, this meditative state, that kind of deep insight, you know, this spiritual power, whatever, you know. And, and he just pauses, <laughs> hear him say this, he just pauses and then he says, I take things less serious. I take myself less seriously. <laughs> and I think the people around me really appreciate it. I take myself less seriously. I think the people around me really appreciate it. So this kind of opening of perspective, this flow of conditions coming together. Yeah, it's a flow of conditions that allows me to take things less seriously, less personally, more lightly. 
And so another way of saying, you know, what he's saying, which sounds mundane, but is actually very deep. Yeah. Take myself less seriously. What happens when we take ourselves less seriously? <laughs> uh, I like to give this example. And sometimes, you know, when it does happen more and more, I find with practice, you know, I get into some story, yeah, and I get annoyed, you know, and suddenly I just see how ridiculous it all is. And I just start laughing <laughs> or even just smiling. But sometimes it's absolutely rolling on the floor with laughter. Yeah. So what happens when, we, when, that, when that goes on, you know, when we see, when we suddenly see, yeah, ah, it's not so serious. Reactivity, yeah, is reduced, yeah, in that moment. We're not um, as imprisoned by our habits of reactivity, yeah, our patterns of reactivity, of pushing things away. Yeah, of pulling things towards us and take things you know, it's more perspective yeah more flow yeah so reactivity is reduced and when reactivity is reduced we have more possibilities of response yeah and we can respond yeah not through that automatic autopilot of habit and reactivity, but we can actually respond in ways that decrease dukkha, decrease suffering for ourselves and others, and increase well-being. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. That's huge for all of us. So ways of relating. Yeah. This, you know, Seeing ourselves as a flow-through, seeing life as a, a flow-through. Yeah, it's a way of relating. I said before, it's not about is this an ultimate truth or not. It's about what does it allow? Yeah. What does it lead to? Yeah. This way of relating, what does it do? What leads to ill-being and what leads to well-being? Yeah, this is the... The most precious question the Buddha asked again and again, you know, we can put his teachings into that question. You know, what leads to suffering and what leads to the end of suffering? Yeah. We just ask that. What leads to well-being? What leads to ill-being? So really important to explore this for ourselves. You know, it's different for, for different people at different times. But it's so helpful to remember in this exploration, there's actually always a way of relating. Yeah, that's present. And that's shaping experience and impacting experience. So it's not just something happening out there and me responding. The way I relate is affecting the happening. Yeah. So this is, you know, sometimes very easy to understand. At the same time, it's very profound. Yeah. It's always a way, you know, the way we relate through our body, heart and mind. Impact experience. And so I'm going to give a little example about a couple of them. First one is from me. Um, a few days ago, um, we went to, uh, um, we were right at the southern tip of Israel, yeah. on the Red Sea, um, and it's a great place for birds. Yeah. So right now the birds are migrating from Africa uh, to Europe. Yeah. And so they're arriving at this oasis after crossing the desert and then the Red Sea. Um, and so they're arriving at this oasis and there's a, a ringing station there. Yeah, there's a bird research place and they ring, um, ring the birds. And uh, you can come and watch. So we went to see, there was only the two of us <laughs> and, and the team there um, ringing the birds. And so if you haven't seen, ever, I haven't seen this happening, it's amazing. And right now it was mostly really small birds that were there, really, really small birds. If you like birds, white throats, blue throats, um, another one that I don't remember the name of. Anyway, 
So they were ringing the birds, and then they ring them, weigh them, check them, you know, for fat and ticks and all kinds of things. And then they put all the data on the computer, and then they release them. And so they were ringing the birds and then offering them to us to hold, yeah, and to release, yeah. So Nathan, of course, straight in there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, no, you know. This me, aversive mind state. Oh, no, no, I'm going to hurt. Yeah? Habitual way of looking, reactive. Yeah? I'm going to hurt the bird. You, know? you can't see my body, but everything tenses up. You know, so I just said, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Habitual way of relating, aversion, yeah? fear. I'm going to hurt this tiny little thing. No, no, I'm not going to do it, not going to do it. And so, you know, Nathan kind of was, you know, having a party there, <laughs> holding the little birds and releasing them. And, you know, and they were getting to the end. And the, um, the scientist who was doing the ringing, he just looked at me. And then he just said, this one's for you. Boom. You know, handed the bird over. Yeah. This one's for you. Boom. Yeah. Handed the bird over. So, you know, that trust... Yeah, he had trust in me. Yeah. He had trust in me. Um, the whole, you know, his trust supports my trust. The whole body, the whole being relaxes. Yeah. And it's interesting, I was really enjoying myself anyway, but there was tension around this. Yeah. The whole body relaxes. Yeah. More space, more possibility. Yeah. And then, yeah, taking that little bird yeah, and feeling it in my hand. Yeah, so small. And in that moment, just opening the palm and seeing it, you know, fly off. Yeah, so beautiful. To have that job of just the, the release. Yeah, the freeing. The freeing. So, so significant, you know, the ways of relating to an experience that will, you know, hinder us, stop us, limit us. Yeah. Or open us and... and I'll, I'll come back to it, but through practice, yeah, we can learn to see this yeah, and to receive it. Another example of ways of relating and, and how habitual they are, yeah, how much they shape our experience. Um, I've been recently teaching a, a course here in Israel for activists, and um, just had our last session and, and one of them said at the end, um, she said that she had realized that one of the things that was an ongoing difficulty for her was rooted in this way of seeing, way of relating to pain. That the pain in the world was somewhere out there. Yeah. There was the pain in the world, yeah, the injustice, the painfulness, the difficulty, the sorrow, it's somewhere out there. And if it's somewhere out there, in order to do something about it, yeah, I need to go out there and fix it, wherever it is. <laughs> yeah. And what she had realized in her own experience was that actually, when I witness pain out there, I'm actually, it's actually in here. It's not out there. Yeah. This is suddenly seeing, ah, there's a way of relating that I wasn't aware of. Yeah? That the pain is out there. It's somewhere else. That the pain that I'm witnessing is in here. Yeah? If I'm feeling it, it's in here. And if I realize that it's in here, many more possibilities of response. Yeah? This was the experience you shared. Many more possibilities of response. Yeah? Not just needing to get out there to fix that, yeah, but many more possibilities of response, you know, like compassion, like metta to oneself, like strengthening in myself, cultivating the qualities that I wish to see in the world, nourishing myself so I can act to, towards change. Yeah, so a real sense of empowerment and agency. Yeah, so much more that can be done. So through practice, and, and yeah, I hope these examples, they're not the greatest, but hopefully they, they kind of give you a sense um, how practice increases 
our sensitivity to how experience is shaped. Yeah. Of seeing ah, conditions coming together, shaping experience, including the way of relating, including the mind state, including the habits. Practice increases our sensitivity to how experience is shaped. It hones our capacity, develops our capacity to let go of unskillful ways of relating and to incline towards the skillful. It strengthens our curiosity to see the impact. What's this way? How does this way of relating impact my experience? And it strengthens our understanding of how experience is shaped. So what happens, like we did in the meditation right now, when I really take time to feel what supports me, yeah, to just open to that. Yeah. What happens um, when I open to feel all the support and also that it's flowing through me and going forward, going out. Yeah, it doesn't just stay here. What happens when I just see this body, yeah, as something that's con- constantly being nourished and nourishing, yeah. just the breath. Yeah, we breathe in oxygen <laughs> yeah. from trees. We breathe out CO2 that nourishes plants in return. You know, can you imagine what would your life be like if every breath you remembered that? <laughs> it's one of the questions I love to ask myself. You know, every breath, a connection, every breath, part of a cycle. How does that impact our experience, our relationship to this body, our relationship to experience itself, maybe to our sense of of worth even? So when we see the body, the heart and mind as a as a flow, yeah, things coming together, flowing out, yeah. Or we see the supports that flow through us, yeah. We see what are ways of relating to experience that nourish us and what are ways of relating to experience that um, hinder us, that block us, that limit us. And that opens up space, yeah? sensitivity, possibility, yeah? so much. You know? I really hope that we can, each of us, remember this. You know? The next time we make a mistake, and we go, oh, you know, I've done that again, you know. And we take ourselves seriously. And I really hope we remember this teaching, you know, each of us. And remember, it's a mistake. Yeah. It's, you know, a bunch of conditions coming together and creating this unfolding. Now, do I want to learn from this and grow from this? Or do I want to kind of hold it really tightly? How do I want to relate to this? What would be a skillful way? Do I want to be defined by this? Or is there another possibility? So we always have the possibility, if we can remember, to learn, to grow, to deepen understanding. No matter what is going on, we always have that possibility. We can always remember. Right now, so many things supporting me and so much that I'm supporting. Right now, experience shaped a certain way. But I am also a condition that is shaping the next moment for myself and others. Can we remember that we're not fixed, not separate, as we habitually take ourselves to be? And neither is anyone else. (laughs) We're not fixed, we're not separate. Not in the way we habitually think that we are. Neither is anyone else. So for me, this is, you know, a wonderful teaching. It comes back to such beautiful um, states of heart and mind, yeah, that it supports like gratitude and humility, yeah. appreciation, connection, yeah, a sense of interconnection and wisdom. 
both in how I then continue to relate to this body, heart and mind, and also how I relate to others. So a real reminder of what's possible for, for, for each of us, for all of us, on this path of freedom and delight. Someone said delight at the beginning. Absolute delight, some of the time. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I wanted to, to share with you today. And uh, to take just a moment to digest and rest. And then any questions or comments are welcome. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.